This is Bo Buchanan, Arizona Lodge Number 2, and I'm here speaking on the level with Corey Whalen. Corey, why don't we start out by tell me your full name, the name of your home Blue Lodge, and any offices or titles you have connected to that lodge. So it's Corey Russell Whalen. Uh, my home lodge is Arizona Number 2, and I'm currently the Tyler of Arizona Number 2. And when were you raised and where as a Mason? I was raised in uh, April of 2015 at Arizona Number 2. So you're coming up on your year anniversary. I am. <laughs> Exciting. Wow, it seems like you've been here a lot longer than that. It um, does. So tell me, uh, do you remember when you first heard of this thing called Freemasonry? So I grew up in Arlington, Texas. And so the for Texas, and it may be the only one, but there may be multiple, but um, the home for aged Masons is in... Uh, Arlington, Texas, and so it's like a hundred acre, wow, like home. I mean, it's a massive, just I mean, and it's a huge building that is clearly a hospital slash um, home for or old folks' home or or whatever. And then we we probably a slightly smaller, but not much smaller, is the home for Eastern Star, that's also in uh, in Arlington. So right on kind of division. And are like, and so growing up, um, masonry in that way is it was there, and you were familiar with it, and, and kind of or just knew of it. Uh, my grandfather was a mason, um, and he actually lived like right around the corner from the home, so it worked out where every time you were driving by or going to his house, you were basically driving by it, and 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 so I. It was interesting. I grew up knowing that my grandfather uh, and my father weren't were in masonry, and my, my parents are divorced, and so I didn't necessarily grow up with my dad. So I knew he was a mason, but it really wasn't talked about. I mean, and I, I think that they really went in the mindset that to be one, you have to ask one, and, and it just really wasn't. Not like today, where I mean, I don't remember ever seeing like a like one of the emblems on the back of the car or anything like that. So, do you remember, like, you were a young child, so you drove by this thing all the time when you were a kid, so very young. Drove by it, and, and, but probably, and to truly answer the question, uh, the probably first time that I was really um, experienced something Masonic was at my grandfather's funeral. So he had a uh, Masonic funeral, and the entire thing was memorized, uh, which was just to be, and I, I was in a fraternity at the time or a collegiate fraternity and so was familiar with learning ritual but it was just a very impressive uh, and Texas is mouth to ear so literally it was just a very I think the, the gentleman who performed it paused once and had to be prompted once out of what I would probably say was a easily a 15 to 20 minute feel about similar to what we we have in Arizona but so when did you get serious about researching or looking into masonry for yourself so my brother um, was raised probably seven or eight years ago maybe even longer than that and uh, up in Illinois and then moved to and so kind of once again through a conversation with him uh, and I'm starting to kind of pick his brain. At, at that particular time in my life, I was opening 
a company and, and so knew I didn't necessarily have the time to allocate to the work, at least the work that uh, my brother had kind of relayed to me. Um, so uh, when my brother uh, was elected as worshipful of his lodge, I went to his, uh, to his installation. And he kind of brought up that um, he obviously would be would love for me to follow in his footsteps of being a mason, but obviously really he couldn't ask me to. Um, so it was it was neat because uh, one of the wives walked up to me afterwards and said, "So why aren't you a mason?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, calling you out. Yeah, basically calling me out. I said, "You know, I just, I knew I didn't have the time yet, but and so kind of was able to um, work was." Getting to the point where I was, I was less involved or less involved on a like 24-hour period, um, and my my son was still young, and so it was like a perfect time to say, instead of missing like a baseball game to go to something to try to learn all this work, it, it was I knew I had a little bit more freedom, and so it was, it was like you know now at the time I knew it was something I always wanted to do, but it was just trying to make sure. Why? Why did you want to? What was? Why did you want to do it? What was drawing you in? I, I think you know to completely kind of steal a, a line from my collegiate fraternity's um, preamble. It's it's for a uh, friendship on a firmer, more lasting basis. Um, hmm, I've never heard that. And so our preamble is for the friendship on a firmer, more lasting basis. For the um, now I'm just going now. Awesome! I've just forgotten it, and it's going to be forever. Um, for no, it starts off with the establishment of friendship on a firm and lasting basis for the mutual benefit and advancement of the interests of those with whom we sympathize in even worthy of our regard. We have resolved for, to form a fraternity, um, believing that thus most successfully accomplish our object. Um, and so, with that mindset of you know already being in a collegiate fraternity, already having been and um, in, in, was in the Marine Corps. And so, and kind of looking at my own life and, and who I, my, I, my time has been, is, is quite valuable, um, just a, on a personal level. And so if I'm going to give up time, I want to make sure it's to, um, to, to a good, not only just enrich your life. Yeah. I mean, and, and to be, for it to be mutually beneficial. I mean, to one, the whole mindset of, you know, making good men better, um, and so that I, I think my personal development at that particular time had paused. So, because I had, I had opened the winery, I had, and I really wasn't, there wasn't anything going on either scholastically or, or personally where I was really furthering my, my knowledge base, my, and so it was kind of my personal development had paused. And so it was, I was looking at, um, getting an MBA and went, okay, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't make sense doing a cost-benefit analysis. I'm not going to give myself a raise uh, if I have an MBA. Um, and so then it was looking at other opportunities and other avenues, and, and knowing that masonry was something that I always wanted to do, it kind of just worked out where it was the right place at the right time. So to sidetrack a little bit, since you're talking about giving yourself a raise, I always I always refer to you as Corey the wine guy. Yeah. Um, what What do you tell me a little bit about what your passion is? So re regarding wine, or yeah, like yeah. so, I am the uh, one of the owners in the the winemaker for Savino Winery that's in downtown Scottsdale, 
And so got into that industry just kind of by chance of getting out of the Marine Corps. I was activated after September 11th, and so I was initially in the reserves. Prior to getting activated, I'd really had some amazing opportunities to work for a couple CEOs, uh, one in a commercial real estate firm and a seed capital firm, another uh, with an international consulting firm, and uh, really had the resume builder internships and all that fun stuff. And so I get activated after September 11th, spent two and a half years on active duty, have about a year and a half left in my undergrad, and I was like, um, I just want to do something fun. And my undergrad's in entrepreneurship, so going to work for a small company was cool. I, I had dated several girls who par- whose parents were big into wine, and so I was, I'd already been kind of exposed to wine, and so literally answered an ad in the school newspaper for a production winemaker apprentice, which in my industry really? is, oh, wow. is a glorified janitor. Um, <laughs> and sweeping uh, up grapes. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're literally there just to clean. And um, right place, right time. Um, I, surprisingly enough, what I did in the Marine Corps, I was in military intelligence, really helped me a lot just because you look at things just in a very analytical way. So, and wine is very cause and effect. You get grapes from this region, it's going to have historical characteristics. You you get, you use this strand of yeast, it's going to yield certain results. You use this type of oak, this toast of oak, this combination of oak, it's going to yield a, a result. Um, and then analyzing consumers, I mean, what people like, I mean, and trying to dial in your wine to that preference. So, because in the grand scheme of things, I'm here to make money. I'm not here just to make a wine to stroke my own ego. Right. So, uh, one of the things I you, you've told me about too is your your father and your grandfather were Masons. Mm-hmm. Um, are are anybody else in your family? Your brothers are Mason. Anybody else? So you got three members of your family that are Mason. Three members of my fa- my family are Masons. To my knowledge, I don't. I haven't gone back. Like, and I'd, I'd have to have a conversation with my brother to find out if if someone before my grandfather was. Uh, but I know my uncle is not. Um, okay. It was not something that ever um, jumped out to him that he really wanted to do, even though he's actually a really uh, a great man. And, uh, and so I think, and both my brother and I are in the same mindset, that we feel that he would be a great addition to masonry. But it's just not something that I think it... Do you talk about masonry a lot with your dad and your your brother? Probably more so my brother. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I think it, it, the good part of masonry is it has given me another kind of avenue of conversation with my father. Uh, my parents divorced when I was three, and so um, business-wise, my father and I talk a lot because he used to run a trusting company in Florida, um, and so kind of just it it. It was common um, interests on just running companies and and then now masonry. Um, so, what did you mention before about uh, you know why you got into it uh, about becoming a better man? I guess you're coming up on your your year anniversary. Uh, you, it's a unique position. I haven't talked to somebody who's right at that point where you're going to be your year anniversary yet. What do you think so far? It's been a year. Um, you've probably learned some, grown some. You probably have some goals on your horizon. Tell me a little bit about where you are in your path, in your Masonic path. Um, it's been an interesting year, and, and I've probably been 
more so involved even almost like a year and nine months uh, because the initial process of even though I have a brother and a father and, a, and though my grandfather's passed away uh, I didn't know anybody in Arizona who was a Mason and so I had to meet the six month criteria with Arizona number two and Arizona number two was the third lodge that I visited <laughs> so I started off at Swirl Lodge and then uh, visited Scottsdale Lodge and um, and it was funny Swirl it was on more so an unfortunate timing on my part just because uh, a medical issue had happened with the, the, the master with his wife and so it, it was and they are a smaller lodge and so it was difficult to every time you're coming to find consistency and to find that one person or two people that are going to ultimately end up vouching for you that are going to say that they've known you for six months right and so the one person would have likely been uh, Mike Bernhardt and probably even his dad, Don Bernhardt, um, or most worshipful Don Bernhardt. Um, and, and then at that time, the, his wife, I believe, had a stroke. And so then everything's kind of up in the air on, in, in, completely understandable. Um, and I was the last thing that they needed to be focused on. And so it, it kind of gave me an opportunity. I went and visited Scottsdale and, and, I didn't, I intentionally didn't want to go to Scottsdale, not for anything wrong with Scottsdale, but the winery is in Scottsdale, and I felt that that would almost be too much of a, you're doing it for networking purposes to benefit the company, and I didn't want that perception there, uh, because one, the company, and, and but also uh, I do sell Masonic accessories on my website uh, that are wine and kind of beer related that we created because my brother was looking for um, gifts to give to his line when he was worshipful. And so the first year we did private label bottles uh, that nice. he gave each each one of his officers. And then the second year he actually did two years in a row. Um, and so then the second year he ended up giving like some double O fashions that had uh, the um, square and compass. Double old so fashioned. It's just a. It's basically just like a, a spirits glass. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, um, I I didn't want it to be once again perceived that I was doing this purely out of the intent of furthering my the successfulness of my <laughs> business. Sure. Um, and so, and then I, there is definitely something about Arizona Number Two and 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 the temple um, and the historical reference and of the building and, and of the lodge and, and of the magnitude when you walk into the blue room um, that it is just very historical, very just appealing to me. Um, and hey, that's, that was to me too. When I first walked into that building, I was like, yeah. You know, when I talked to Jim May the other day, he said some things like, that, that building isn't, and I said this too, that building isn't like incredibly ornate. I mean, it's not from a, a architectural standpoint, it's probably not very significant. But at the time when it was built, it was probably one of the tallest buildings in downtown Phoenix. It was the center of congregation for not only Masons, but a lot of people in downtown Phoenix. And it's just a lot of history there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, visited uh, Arizona number two and um, started helping out in the kitchen. Um, and. Yeah, it kind of went from there. I mean, it was. Uh, I, I think in in any lodge, it's, it's finding like that. 
um, that feeling of, of not necessarily acceptance, but just that, that click that you fall into. Um, but, and I think every lodge is going to be slightly different, even probably within a lodge you're going to have multiple clicks and stuff like that. But uh, it's just those guys that you just gel with. Um, and so I just really gelled with um, the guys from Arizona number two. And uh, not to say that I haven't walked into other lodges and immediately, it's something that you immediately have in common with them. And so similar to uh, my collegiate fraternity, when I transferred from the University of Texas at Arlington down to the University of Houston, the first step or stop I made was to the Pike House. And it, because it was a, a connection you immediately had. And, um, and so ended, ended up actually even living in the, and helping out the chapter in an advisory role. Oh, wow. um, so, but I think that's where, I mean, if I look at my own life and, and who I still consider probably my closest friends, they come from my collegiate fraternity and the Marine Corps, and now masonry. No masonry. So what's your, what do you see on the horizon I know it's not like a, a building plan per se, but I guess what do you see on the horizon for you and Mason? Are there th certain things you want to do? Are there uh, things that are close to your heart that you're going to get involved in or anything like that? Uh, um, I mean, I think I think eventually I will likely um, aspire to being a worshipful master of, of a lodge. Um, I've been a president of a fraternity, so uh, I can see that as a natural progression of, of just whether or not I intentionally do it or not, I think that's just how how I'm kind of built where I work. I like to progress. Right. Um, and then, you know, eventually if that led into something with the Grand Lodge, like one of the DDGMs or, or whatever, I think that would be kind of interesting as well, just knowing that the level of, of, of knowledge and level of ritual that I would need um, to be at for that. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm also very interested in, in kind of learning about the appended bodies of of masonry. So I'm in the process of actually joining the shrine. That's right. You told me that. Um, when is that coming up? May twentieth or May twentieth. So you're gonna join the shrine. You're gonna become a shriner. I mean, which is funny because it was I never would have seen myself uh, from the out outside of masonry, even being interested in the shrine, just because I don't know if I knew anything about it. Um, and I didn't want to drive the little car. Um, I can totally see you driving the little yeah, car. Yeah, no. So, <laughs> but you, but also you don't realize from the outset that the amount of money that they raise for their hospitals and and the amount of good that they do, and so I think on that side I, I'm I'm drawn to the shrine because of that because you know I, I've been on several committees for different. Charitable organizations, from JDRF because my wife has type one diabetes to cystic fibrosis because Christine and I were one of Arizona finest couples and we're raising money uh, for them. Uh, and so the the one and, I, and the one nice thing about having the winery is it can be a vessel to raise awareness and money for different organizations. And sure. so um, that is, I think even within kind of our um, our environment or our our philosophy of the winery is we want it to be used in that way as well. So not only financially be rewarding to us, but also for to give us an opportunity to potentially give back greater than what we could as an individual. 
can you think of any of your favorite memories of your time so far in masonry that you'd like to share, whether it was a, an event you enjoyed or a funny story of something happened to you or just something that meant a lot to you? I mean, I think hands down the probably the most notable and most memorable is, and probably even something when it happened to my brother that really emphasized masonry. And, and it may not make sense to people outside. So, once again, my parents were divorced, and they divorced when I was three. Um, my father and brother didn't necessarily, even though my brother went to live with my father, didn't necessarily probably have the best relationship. But when my brother was raised, um, my father basically jumped on a plane, flew to, uh, to Illinois for his ceremony, and then flew back the next day. I mean, but, and that meant a lot just to see that my father would would do that um and so i would say my my most favorite experience right now is clearly when i was raised and then to be raised by both the my brother and my father that's pretty cool so yeah i mean that's um that is clearly something that i will remember forever i always thought it would be kind of fun if we did a uh father-son uh degree mm-hmm. something i thought about um any other parting thoughts or anything else you'd like to share? Any any other memories or anything you just want to share with people about masonry or about your personal journey? Um, I mean, I, I think the the journey is very individual, and I think that's where people have to realize everybody's going to find something different in masonry. Um, and what I mean by that is, some will come in and are very focused on the ritualistic side of masonry and, and the traditional um, on ceremonies and stuff like that. Others will get into masonry because they, um, they're they very interested on, like, with the shrine and, and raising money for charity and, and stuff. Others, because they, they want to get into a deeper meaning um, spiritually for them. Um, and I think we're... The, the, great part of masonry is whatever you're looking for you can tend to find um and um if if something i mean like i probably am less of a um like trying to to read into too many things and and the uh, esoteric side of of masonry and and that component than i am um, kind of doing doing good on a bigger scale than you could as an individual. I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, yeah, I mean, so it, it's neat because it, you, you'll talk to guys that are clearly, I mean, crazy into the spiritual, the, symbol, yeah, the symbol, symbology, trying to find out every not hidden mystery there, but any hidden light that they could see and, and stuff like that. And then others, where to me that's, that just doesn't, it's not what I'm necessarily here to look for. Um, so it's the brotherhood. It's more the brother, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, well, brother, thank you for taking time to talk to me today. My pleasure.